Help for your marriage right around the corner. God's heart for us is to learn his principles because if we can follow through with his principles empowered by his spirit, man, nothing's going to stop your marriage. He'll restore your marriage on top of, not only will he restore your marriage, but you'll be used to pour into other broken marriages. That's God's heart. <laughs> That's his desire. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. On this last day of 2021, we welcome you to Abounding Grace. Well, today we'll take notice of the authority structure that God has come up with for the family. 1 Peter 3 has a great deal to communicate to husbands and wives. Over the course of the next few broadcasts, we'll take a good hard look at it. If you build your marriage on these principles, it is sure to succeed. Here's Pastor Ed Taylor with a word of encouragement to wives. Take your Bibles, open them to 1 Peter chapter 3. As we start a new chapter today in our verse-by-verse study in 1 Peter, and the title of our message tonight is A Word of Encouragement to Wives. A Word of Encouragement to Wives. Now, as we learn in our last study, submission is not a popular word. It's not a popular word in our culture, and many times it's not a popular word in our homes or in our lives or in our closest relationships like marriage. But In our culture today, not only is submission not popular, but neither is marriage. Marriage is not something that is celebrated, not something that is elevated in our culture today. But from God's perspective, both marriage and submission are important. In our culture with the twisting and perversity of men joining with men and women with women, we need to hear God's voice in these last days. We need to hear it clear and in the love that God intended. We need to be sensitive, church, to God's design, God's desire, and God's direction for something He Himself created. God created marriage, the uniting of one man, one woman, for one lifetime. And Peter, in chapter 3, begins his study, or his teaching, addressing wives. Six verses he gives to wives, and then next time we're together, husbands, you just get one. And we'll unpack the one as I believe the challenge to husbands is equally or more so than the challenge to wives. Submission. It sounds like God, you know, you you come to this passage as a wife or as a single woman looking forward to marriage. You come to this passage and you say, and even some of you men might misunderstand, you think submission, as it says, likewise, notice verse 1, you wives be submissive to your own husbands. And you hear that submissive to my own husband. It sounds like God is asking me to be a doormat, to let my husband run all over me. But a careful study of the scriptures and understanding the heart of God, you know that's not the case. And there's a battle being fought every day by us as Christians. Some of you recognize it, and some of you don't. Really, it's a threefold battle. It's a battle going on for who you will listen to, who you will believe, and who you will obey. And since you're already here today, and you're in fellowship with other believers, and you ascribe to loving Jesus... I know you want to listen and you want to believe and you want to obey God. I think that's at the bottom of all of our hearts, really, maybe at the top of our hearts. We want to obey God. 
there, there aren't any, many of the marriages that I get to be a part of, I get to talk to, whether it's a wedding, whether it's a, a premarital, whether it's a time of talking about a marriage that might be in crisis. Very few people want their marriage to be worse. And they want it to be harder. They, you know what? We're having a hard time right now. Can we just sit down with you? Because we want it to be worse. Can you give us a few insights to be worse? And I'll tell you, you want your marriage to be worse. Don't obey God. It'll be worse. And it'll get progressively worse. And you'll wonder, but Ed, I'm in church all the time. And Ed, I'm in the Bible all the time. And Ed, we pray all the time. And my marriage is getting worse. Most likely, you're not obeying God. One or two, one of you or both of you. Just choosing not to obey God's will. And when we hear of submission, as we learned last time, there are a lot of voices that want to jump in to explain it to us and tell us exactly what submission means, including our own. We have ideas of what submission means. We have a perspective. We come from a background. We, we come from a certain home. Maybe you came in a single family home. Maybe you came through the foster care system. Maybe you came through a, a, a home that experienced divorce and maybe multiple divorces, and you carry that. Like, we all have our own personal experience, and if we're not careful, we'll read into the text and make it say something that it doesn't say in a variety of different ways. And what God's Word says, you have to understand, it's not going to be on the homepage of BuzzFeed. You know, when you go to BuzzFeed.com, they're not going to give you advice on your marriage that is going to help you. It's going to be worldly. It's going to be something that's self-centered and selfish. It's going to be whatever the popular thing. If you go to people.com, whatever the homepage and whatever marriage is being expo exposed there and elevated is most likely, you know, maybe perhaps, I, I don't really read it, but those of you that do, perhaps along the way, there might be some biblical, sort of biblical model of marriage, but probably not. When you watch talk shows, you know, I, I tell you right now, when you, if you tune into Ellen, she's not going to be elevating the biblical form of marriage. It's just not going to happen. And if she mentions it, it's not going to be what God desires. Why? Because she herself doesn't live according to God. So when you talk, go to the world for advice, you got to expect that the world is going to give you bad advice. And that includes your friends. That includes those that, well, you know, they're a believer. They go to church, but are they giving you counsel from the word? So they might go to church. You might go to church. The question is, when somebody comes to you for help, are you giving counsel according to the word? And so together we choose. And this is a choice we make. Nobody makes us do this. It's, a, it's something that the Holy Spirit works in us. We choose to sit before God's word and allow him to teach us. And that, there are many times it comes through a pastor teacher for sure. But there are other times if you just went home and meditated, wives, on the verses here in chapter 3, husbands, on um, verse 7, if you just meditated, and even pre previously as we looked at chapter 2 and we learned about, if you just meditated on the text, the Holy Spirit would teach you, would reveal to you what He desires in your life. But last time it was submitting at work, and I got a few emails about, man, that was exactly what was happening. Like, I needed that word because I need to learn how to submit at work, and I didn't like this. And I, Yeah, right, because the Word of God speaks to life. And except that we don't always want to hear the Word of God, and we don't always want to do it. And that's always going to lead to disaster. And so, ladies, tonight I want you to remember that I'm a pastor. I'm not a marriage expert. I have my own issues in marriage. I have my own issues uh, in my own relationship with my wife as a husband, as a friend. I'm not, a, I'm not an expert on this, but I am a pastor, and I'm a pastor that God has placed into your life. If this is your home church, then I have the privilege of being responsible for your soul. That's my responsibility. That's what the Bible says. I'm the overseer of your soul. 
The Bible says I have the privilege as a pastor to be, to be in a position where I'm going to receive, of everyone in the room, I'm going to receive a stricter judgment. Because I believe God has called me, as we were even praying, my place in the body of Christ is to be a pastor teacher. And that's how he chooses to use me. And I can't run away from that. And I can't get away from that. And so as you hear me today, I would hope that you would trust me. I hope you would receive it from me. And I hope that if I misstate something or I, I say something incorrectly, that, that you would receive it and take it to the Lord. Because my heart is for you to be a godly woman. My heart is for you to be a godly wife. And for you single ladies, my heart is for you to be in preparation for your future marriage, for the person that God has for you. And while we'll be spending time today on, on the wife's role, because that's the order of the text, next time we'll have an equally challenging message for the husbands. Perhaps even more so, as I believe the Bible gives the husband a greater responsibility in the marriage, not a lesser responsibility. And he, the Bible puts completely on the shoulders of the husband to love their wives unconditionally, which only can happen in the Holy Spirit. But you know, when he comes to submission... You can only do that in the Holy Spirit too. <laughs> it's a work that God does inside of you. And this is God's order. And I want what's best for your home because that's what's going to be best for your kids and that's what's going to be best for the next generation. That's going to be, make our church stronger. It's going to make us have a better witness in the community. It's going to make the divorce rates go down, that the church will not have as high divorce rates as in the world. This is all from the Lord. And I willingly and, and, I, I willingly and enthusiastically embrace this. Because I want my marriage to be better. And I want my home to be stronger. And I want the word of God to flow through us. And we might be reminded that this is an important part of marriage. And as I survey the ministry and the many couples that come through for counseling and biblical discipleship, a big problem in marriage, listen, is ladies, you refuse to submit to your husbands and you refuse to respect them. Now you may have your reasons. You may have your justifications. But this is an issue. This is an issue that many wives fail to submit to their husbands and fail to respect them. So then when Peter says in chapter, one, chapter 3 verse 1, Likewise, you wives, be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives. A lot of ladies just dismiss it like it doesn't apply to them. Because they have a reason why this particular passage isn't applied to them. And the idea is this, if my husband does, then I will. And that's just a casual way to get out. We do that with all the Bible at times. where I don't like what that says. And I don't believe that. And I heard another teacher. And I don't think it says that. And the Greek is this. And the Hebrew is that. Like, like the only reason that happens is because the Holy Spirit used the word to get to your heart. And it hurts. It, it hurts to be convicted on these areas. But when you dismiss a text like this and others, like in Ephesians... This, ladies, this is so important. There's actually a passage in Scripture that describes, describes exactly what's going to happen if you fail to fulfill this role in your life toward your own husband. You will tear your house down with your own hands. And you go, ahead. come on, that's pretty dramatic. Aren't you just being a little dramatic? No, I'm actually paraphrasing what Proverbs chapter 14 verse 1 says. The wise woman builds her house, but the foolish pulls it down with her own hands. And again, receive this for where it is. We will balance this text with the husbands next time. But your lack of submission and your lack of respect is the beginning of pulling your house down. That's how important you are to your home and to your marriage and to your kids. Remember one more thing about this as we launch into a verse-by-verse -verse look at it. This letter was written to people that were suffering externally. 
The government, Nero, was going after Christians, blaming them for burning Rome down. He was killing them, chasing them. His, his goal was to destroy marriages, destroy families. Like he had this, he was not a man that valued, he was not a man that valued the relationship or the word of God. He used Christians as, as torches in his gardens. He was not a nice man. He was an evil man. Christians are on the run. And so because the theme of Peter is suffering, you know, some 16 times it's mentioned throughout Peter, besides the background of the time it was written, he's writing to those that are suffering because of their faith in Jesus. And to those that are suffering of all the things he could have written, of all the things he could have talked about, of all the things he could have just pounded down. Oh, you need to stand up in this and you got to fight for this and you got to post that. All the things he could have said, he takes a chapter and says, wives, submit to your own husbands. And the backdrop is, I know it's hard and I know it's difficult and I know you got all these things coming at you, but this is the role for the wife, even when things are exceptionally hard and when you're suffering. The topic of marriage coming up tells me that when there was external suffering, it came into the home and Christian marriages were suffering. And I could have taken the time, I have the data, I could have laid out all the statistics, but I, I don't really think I need to do that, of the statistics of the attack of marriages and, and the disintegration of marriages and the proliferation of divorce and how many couples are just giving up on each other and just throwing in the towel. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of times it's not even separating and leaving the house. It's just checking out on marriage and becoming like roommates and not even happy roommates of that. And it's just not God's heart for marriage. It's not his desire as challenging as it may be. It's been said that marriage at times can be the closest thing to heaven. Enjoy, fulfillment, radical satisfaction. But marriage can sometimes be the closest thing, well, well, not to heaven. You got two selfish people that are incredibly selfish coming together and they come together as one in the same house. So now you have two selfish people learning how not to be selfish. And then they get the bright idea to create little selfish people and they bring them into the home. And it's just, if it wasn't for the Lord creating this and sustaining it, it wouldn't work. God is the one that keeps things going. God is the one, love, agape love keeps the lubricant of, of keeping us together and working through issues and surrendering and, and submitting and loving and all of those things. As difficulties come our way in marriage, we can either stand together or we can stand at each other's throat. It's your choice. And if you think that you're justified, if you think tonight, you're listening to me, you're listening to me on the radio, watching me online, if I haven't clicked off yet, I hope, I'm going to pray you turn it on at a later date. If you think taking a position to destroy your spouse is going to do anything but make things worse, you are deceived. And if that, you know, somebody will say, but Ed, you don't understand. That's true. I probably don't understand. I don't live with you. I'm not married to your spouse. I probably don't understand. But the reality is, this isn't about me. I got my own marriage and I have my own issues. It's about you and your walk with the Lord. So you just, Ed, you just don't understand. You got to, you get a feel it. You can feel it coming up. You can, uh, it's not going to lead you to where you want to go. It's not going to make you more happy. You know, that, that kind of attitude leads to this. You know, I think I'll just be happier with someone else. As if it's only someone else's fault. Like, I'll just be happy with someone else. I'll just break up another marriage. I'll mess with somebody else. And I'll just be happy with somebody else. It's just so self-deceived. Absolutely self-deceived. And it's happening. It's how the spiritual warfare is happening to the people you would never expect it to happen to. 
to, like the Bible says in the last day, even the elect would be deceived. Even people that you would think, like they are just solid on fire. I model my life after their marriage. And they're longer married today. And so God's heart for us is to learn his principles. Because if we can follow through with his principles empowered by his spirit, man, nothing's going to stop your marriage. He'll restore your marriage on top of, not only will he restore your marriage, but you'll be used to pour into other broken marriages. That's God's heart. <laughs> That's his desire. It's his desire. So verse one, again, likewise. That word likewise connects us with the previous chapter. Uh, for those of you that are Bible students, you know that in the original Greek language, there are no chapter breaks. There are no verse numbers. There are no headings. So this just reads straight through if you were reading without all the headings. So you, it says, you know, if you kind of back up, um, to verse 18, servants be submissive to your masters. You know, you kind of look back in verse 13. Um, so that was verse 18, servants be submissive to your masters. Verse 13, therefore submit yourselves to every ordinance of man. He's, he's got a theme coming through and he says, just like every ordinance of man, just like as a uh, employee in our application, remember it was servants and slaves to their masters. Um, just like that, just like that. Wives, just like that. Be submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Submit. We learned that the word submit means to fall in line. It carries the idea of servanthood, willingly responding, willingly yielding. Peter is saying the wife is to yield and willingly respond to her own husband as to the Lord, just as we learn to government and at work. And the emphasis, there is an emphasis here on your own husband. So this is an in indication that not every single man in your life is, are you to be submissive to. This is instruction to wives to be submissive to their own husbands. Now what it doesn't mean, as we mentioned earlier, it doesn't mean that you're a doormat. It doesn't mean that you don't have a valid opinion. It doesn't mean that you have equal input. It doesn't mean that you're always wrong and he's always right. Submissive does, submission doesn't have anything to do with all those things. As a matter of fact, as you look at the word submissive here, he says, oh, by the way, even if your husbands are wrong, they, don't, they aren't walking with the Lord, be submissive to them, which is another challenging thought. And it's a hard issue. It's a hard issue for how we will respond to difficult times. The idea of, this is important to understand, the idea of submission is not subjugation. You are not subject to your husband in all things. And I changed my voice on purpose. You're not subject. And he can just tell you what to do and fall in line, woman. No, we're speaking about relationship here. This is the kind of submission that was modeled by Jesus when he voluntarily submitted himself, not only to a human body, but to the will of the Father. And the will of the submission that he enjoyed with the will of the Father was a beautiful, sweet, self-sacrificial submission on his part in order to accomplish the purposes of the triune God. Because of Jesus' willing submission, you and I heard the gospel and were born again. <laughs> That's the fruit of his submission. And you say, well, wait a minute, Pastor Ed, my husband isn't even saved and you look at this and you go, well, even if they don't obey the word, which can include a believer that's backslidden and disobedient, it can also include unbelieving husbands. And some of you have unbelieving husbands. You go, wait a minute, am I supposed to submit to my husband? He's not even saved. 
You mean you want me to submit to him, even if he doesn't love God, even if he might be leading me in what I think is a wrong direction for our home or our finances or buying a car or whatever? And the answer is yes. Yes. Submit to your husbands as unto the Lord, unless you're being told to sin. You don't submit to sin. Peter says in verse 1 that there is a power in the wife's life with her husband that even without a word, he may be won by the conduct of their wives. So at this point, a husband is like, yeah, 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 yes. I've been telling her that for years. Listen, guys, you want to play that attitude with your wife? You're going to harden her heart and she will leave you. Well, Ed, you just taught her. You just taught her to submit. Yeah, but man, hard hearts don't listen to pastors. I can beg you to stay. I can beg you to, but if you're going to be a jerk to your wife, she's going to treat you like a jerk. It's hard for her to love a jerk. You can quote me on that. <laughs> so you don't have permission. Well, yeah, Ed, you know, it's just, that's exactly what's happening. She won't submit to me. Because, well, maybe you're a jerk and you need to skip to verse 7 and love your wife. <laughs> Take care of her. Minister, dwell with her with understanding. Treat her as a precious vessel. Wash her with the water of the word. There's so much to be said. And so we have to be careful where for the wife to come home from a message like this and have an internal disposition where I'm not going to be fighting about everything all the time. That's a good thing. It's not to be taken advantage of. You're not to take advantage of your wife's husband. This is Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. He's leading a study from 1 Peter. You can find our studies online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. And they're also accessible through our app as well. Do a search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play and look for us on Apple Podcasts. Well, here in the month of December, we picked out a timely resource we think you'll enjoy and get a lot out of. It's called The Case for Christmas. So who was in the manger that first Christmas morning? Not everyone agrees on the answer to that. If he was the divine son of God, how do you know for sure? Well, Lee Strobel investigates in The Case for Christmas, and we'll send it to you when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more today. Please make your request by phone at 877-30-GRACE or order it online at calvaryco.store. Also remember that it's through your support that we're able to bring Abounding Grace to your radio station every day. With your help, countless thousands of people are hearing the truth of God's Word all over the nation and world at a time in human history where they really need to hear it, too. We can be reached toll-free at 877-30-GRACE, or you can make a donation online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Well, Pastor Ed, here we are at the end of another year. So what comes to mind for you as we get ready to turn the calendar? You know, Larry, I'll tell you what comes to mind as we enter into a new year is this desire to obey Jesus when he declared a blessing upon peacemakers. And I really am resonating with the truth of being a peacemaker and stepping in to challenging situations, asking the Lord to give us peace. I really want to lead our church family into this next year, uh, a life of worship, uh, back to simplicity, 
uh, clean conscience, get your eyes off of everything, get your eyes off of politics, get your eyes off of the cause, uh, whatever cause has captured your attention, uh, get your eyes off of even YouTube pastors and people you've never even met, you don't even go to their church, um, and, and even talking about like radio uh, and knowing that even relationships are developed over radio, and and get plugged in to the leadership, the local leadership that God has over given over over you, the oversight of your life, and and let's stop moving after, chasing after uh, teachers that will tickle our ears. You know that's a direction for believers, not not unbelievers. That time will come when you won't endure sound doctrine and. And let's get our eyes off of things that are not eternal, and let's get back to affecting our culture with the gospel in every aspect, ministering to the poor, ministering to the sick, ministering to those that are sick in their, and dying in their sins and trespasses, and let the world be the world. We need to be the church. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about the year. Even if things do get darker and harder, the darker things are the more the gospel shines. And peacemaker, that's what I'm thinking 2022. Peacemaker. Let's be peacemakers and see what the, how the Lord might want to use us. May God richly bless you and your family in the year ahead. And come back next time when we'll hear another marriage-strengthening study from First Peter on Abounding Grace. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.